I'm Katie. And welcome Welcome to Generally Specific Topics Between Friends. Best friends. Welcome back to our little show. This week we're going to be starting on our next general topic. What is it? It's going to be a surprise because there is something I wanted to talk about with our last general and specific topics Mm -hmm. that we kind of glazed over. And I'm wondering if our two fans are wondering why we didn't touch on it. But you may have remembered relationships was our last general topic. And under that was the subtopic of romantic relationships. And now Mm -hmm. there is something we glossed over very hard. Really? I thought we hit everything. No, we did not talk about one of the most important tenets of a romantic relationship, which is the sex. (laughs) Sex. Now, why would we gloss over such an important thing? Maybe because I like my grandmommy to listen to this podcast when she can. Oh, see, that would probably be why. So if you were wondering, we're just going to skip over all that. And needless to say, it is important. And it is something that you can listen about on another podcast that's not ours. Yeah, something we're not going to record the details of. Yes, for our friends and family. So moving on to this week's general topic is... Life choices. The game of life. But for real. Real life. Real life. Decisions, choices. IRL. Yes. So that's what we're talking about this week. In our specific topic, uh, I guess we're going to go again in chronological order. So we're going to start Mm -hmm. with developing you. Like Mm -hmm. as a person... Your first choices, the whenever you... The first decisions you're making. Yeah, the first decisions you're making once you're, you know, cognitively able to start making choices. Mm-hmm. So, let's dive into that. What do you think the first choice is whenever you learn to think? Hmm. Where should I poop? I don't remember thinking about that. I think you always just poop. And then somewhere along the road, I guess someone tells you where to poop. I guess so. So you don't have a lot of choice there. No. No, you don't. (laughs) I guess some of us do, but there are repercussions to our random pooping. Mm Mm-hmm. What about... uh, You can't decide what you eat as a child. You can't decide how you dress as a child, usually when you're really little. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess once you start to develop your sense of right and wrong you decide how to react to the adults around you and what they're telling you to do or what not to do i guess so i would say that's probably the first decision one makes is in your what toddlerhood Mm -hmm. because you know you tell a baby not to do something they don't understand but toddlers are starting to understand words and language yes and no because this this and this Reactions and consequences. Yes. The consequences of one's own actions. And although, like, toddlers probably don't have a very developed sense of what that really means. They're just starting. Yeah, they're just starting. Mm -hmm. But later on down the road, I would say, what age would you say they become aware of, like, what they're doing? Ooh, I mean, it really depends. But there is a whole scale of moral development (laughs) that, you know, I could have looked up before we recorded this episode. (laughs) But uh, I would say around three or four, they really start seeing the consequences of their actions as a direct result of like what they do. I do this and it will hurt this person's feelings. Mm -hmm. Like whenever you have a dog or a cat and they're Mm -hmm. learning not to play too rough. 
mm-hmm. and their parents you know, bite them back or whatever. And they learn, oh, that hurts. Yes, being bit hurts. And some children have trouble learning that as well. (laughs) Some children learn that being bit hurts and it becomes their defense mechanism for the whole world. Oh, no. And then you have a biter. Oh, God. I thought you're supposed to bite a child who's a biter to show them that it hurts. Different opinions on that. Yeah, I guess for some kids, it would they like if their problem was they didn't understand that it hurt. They just like the reaction. Now they understand that it hurts. Yeah. Other kids don't care that it hurts. I've all, I've heard that before, but you know, any sort of childcare job, you pretty much have to sign a document saying I <laughs> will I not will bite not. the children. Yeah, it's no. There's like a list of things like <laughs> I will not hit or shake or bruise or bite or scratch or pinch like a whole list of things that you're agreeing to not do to the children that's smart because you could be like i've never hit your child but you pinch them really hard when they're bad uh-huh oh huh no i never signed anything like that <laughs> <laughs> interesting but parents aren't held to those same standards which no. is funny <laughs> yeah It is interesting, parents that, like, proudly spank their children, or the parents that proudly do not spank their children. Mm -hmm. People are very divided. Yes. Um, So anyway, back to our, back to what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, do you feel like, I don't know, this development of the moral self happening at this fairly young age, do you feel like that's sort of concrete or fluid or... Ooh, I would say fluid. I would like to believe that it's fluid. That not all children are gonna remain psychopaths. No, no, not at all. I mean, very young children just do not have a grasp yet of, like, others and other people's autonomy. Yeah. But it is, like, a gradual learning of that. It's not like a switch flips and they're suddenly you know, self-aware and aware of others. Mm-hmm. But I would say you and I are very similar in that at a young age, we decided to be quote unquote good as yeah. in doing what we are told without, I guess, question or defiance. Mm-hmm. No, I never wanted to be bad yeah. as a kid. I like the idea of being bad or being told no or getting in trouble in any way was like the worst thing. I agree. That's exactly how I was. It was like, it wasn't even an option for me. Never did I ever think about being like, oh, should I be good? Should I do this? I hope I'll do this. It was never a question because it was always just like the worst possible outcome. Yeah. You just don't want to get in trouble. No. And when we did get in trouble, usually by someone else's something or other (laughs) in elementary school, like it was just the worst. It was. Being put in time out that one time in pre-K, like, yeah, it was the worst. Oh, but some people, some children just don't ever buy into the idea that they need to care about getting in trouble or it's a divide of I'm getting attention and I don't care if it's positive or negative attention. Yeah. And I hear about that all the yeah. time and I I don't understand it because the negative attention was so horrifying for me. Yeah. <laughs> that I never let, I don't know where that comes from or how that choice was met. <laughs> but I guess like I can see it if you're getting in trouble all the time like what's one more time out? I'll do what I want. Like desensitized to it. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't buy into the idea of like, 
I don't want to do the wrong thing because I don't want this consequence or... Yeah, I guess it's a matter of if you care about the consequences or not. Yeah. Well, that's at least how it starts. Um, ooh, I really should have researched that moral development scale. <laughs> but it's like you start not knowing the difference between right and wrong, and then you move up to like fear of punishment. And then there's I want to do the right thing. And then beyond that, understanding like ambiguity, shades of gray between right and wrong oh. is, I think, roughly that scale. Interesting. But, yeah, so most of us start in a place of, like... Fear of punishment. Fear of punishment. I won't do X because it causes Y, and I don't like Y. Yeah. I feel like that's surely where I started, because my mother scared me. Yeah. Like, she never, I guess, had cause to, but I guess I would see her yell at other people or be angry at other people, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want my mother to hate me. Yeah, you don't want to be a source of that. Yeah, as a little kid. So, yeah, fear of punishment, but I feel like it was very quickly also met with, like, praise. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, praise for being good, good and doing the right thing. Yeah. And I loved praise. I still love praise. Yeah, it still works real good. Now I'm just like, why make things difficult? Like, whenever I'm working with children and they're just defiant and bad, and I'm like, not even the other kids in this class like you. Yeah, you're holding everyone back from the fun things we should be doing. Mm-hmm, and I'm just like... Don't you want people to like you? Don't you want to feel good? Don't you want your parents to be proud of you? Like, that that whole thing comes to my mind, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't understand not wanting people to like, or not caring if people like you or appreciate you or want you around. There's some sort of deep psychological things that are happening yeah. in that child brain, because it just seems so obvious that good is good, reward good, punishment bad, don't want, like... <laughs> I don't know. That's not there for them. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's... I don't know. It can come from a variety of places, but I think especially in the young child, like, they're not realizing how much what they're doing makes everyone else dislike them. (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. But because it's all about like, well, I want this. I want to do this. You're telling me to do this thing, but it's not what I want to do. I want to do this thing I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. Weird. Yeah. I don't get it. No go with the flow. Yeah. I guess that's what it is because it's just like generally happier vibes Mm -hmm. to do what you're told. And it's just like, so you know, screaming, fighting, angry to go against it. As a small child, you know, sit here for a little bit, be quiet for this amount of time. If you eat this, you get a dessert. Like, it's just so much easier, and everyone likes you so much more, and you get so much more praise, and as a little kid, it just seems so hard to be like, I don't wanna. (laughs) (laughs) But, and yet there are so many kids who are just defiant and the parents like oh no don't do that don't do why are you doing that don't do that when it should take one time one look from one's mother (laughs) the look from one's mother and you'd never do it again or never you'd stop at me and be like oh whoops yeah oh i'm doing the wrong thing oh no i'm doing the wrong thing yeah no it's not like that for everyone (laughs) no and we need we need someone who started off as like a defiant to let us know how they 
<laughs> well, <laughs> to let them know if they ever shifted or what. Because I've met people who were like, oh, no, I never did work in high school. I was a bad kid in high school. Like other teachers who have been like that. And I'm like, yeah. so you decided to follow the rules or you decided you to st- go to college and do what you were supposed to? Yeah. You started in college? Yeah. <laughs> Just what made you decide to do that? Just interesting to shift. hear about the shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From wanting to do what you want to do to wanting to do what others want you to do. Yeah, well, I mean, on an extreme, but if you're defying authority at every level, you know, when you're a kid, it's time out. But if you keep that up, you're going to be in jail as an adult. Yeah. So I think some people actually hit a point of like, oh, shit, I don't want our like ultimate societal consequence. So maybe I better start doing this differently. Yeah. So So. it makes you wonder, are the consequences that we're giving children just so meaningless and so not real and so not that bad that it's causing them to not understand that actions have consequences because they just don't respect the consequences we give them? Because I will say in a school, the consequences given are laughable. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Even after the kids get arrested for selling drugs... They come back, and they're all happy about it. Yeah, it was no big deal. It was no big deal. <laughs> but there's only so much, like, schools can do. Yeah, it's it's not the school's fault, because ultimately the parents control the phone, and the phone controls the child, and the parents won't take away the phone, so there will be no consequences. So we're not hitting them where it hurts. Yes. I think that's at the crux of it. Because for us, it hurt to be you know scolded lightly scolded and it hurt to know that your parents weren't happy with you or didn't yeah. like what you were doing or were angry at you and that, that rolled a, over to teachers and yeah, other authority yeah figures. other authority figures you wanted to you know please them and be happy and have a good old time and mm-hmm. but i don't know it's like some kids need a very light touch mm-hmm. of just no please don't do that yeah and other kids, you know, they Do won't they care. Want. Yeah, they don't yeah. care. They don't listen. <sighs> I don't know. And then would it be not fair for Johnny to get the referral whenever Susie gets, you know, a call home? Or, like, because, you know, different yeah. kids react differently. And so then they'll be like, well, that's not fair. She did it and she got this. And it's like... Well, yeah, but she never does. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are equal consequences? Yeah, whenever, I don't know, different levels of how they will affect the child. Yeah. Mm, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? It's all very subjective, but we're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the end, it's not working. You know what I'm curious about is... Like, I feel like there's been a big push, especially in, like, the past couple decades of, like, I want my child to be assertive and expressive and not get, you know... The never-say-no people? Maybe the never-say-no people, or at least, like, the, you know, I want them to feel they can express themselves. I don't want to be oppressing my child, I guess. And it's like, but kids should be, like, little oppressed or repressed like I don't know there should be a difference of like feeling your child feeling like they can't say anything or do anything versus like let them do and say anything anywhere anytime yeah yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like that's a pretty small margin of parents. I feel like that's a cop out for parents who can't deal with their kids in public. So they just don't want to offer any discipline. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. So they just choose to just ignore it. Just just be like, oh, I didn't see it. It's whatever. They're just expressing themselves. Yeah. I'm sure some parents actually believe that and are trying to do something. But I feel like a lot of the my kid does and says whatever they want people are the parents who have checked out. Yeah. Who just haven't. They, they are lacking the capability any longer to care. I think we've said this before, but just because you find yourself pregnant doesn't mean you're ready to be a parent. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a big, big job. <laughs> yeah. It's the most exhausting job because it never ends. Do it for eight hours a day and... Then you'll want to be done at the end of the day. (laughs) You'll want to be done at the end of the day. But if it's never ending for years and years, you know, if you've ever watched Super Nanny and they talk about, well, whenever they get out of time, time out, you just calmly pick them up and put them back in there. Pick them up, put them back in there. If it takes you three hours of picking them up and putting them back in there, that's what it is to be an adult for some of these kids. Yeah. It would take you, you know, it's like. Are you going to break or are they going to break? You got to break your kid. You by you can't let them win yeah. battles. Yeah, you can't let them win <laughs> battles because they're they're learning yeah. what power they do and do not hold. Exactly. And they have way more energy than an adult, so it's yeah. just like and they're trying to figure out if I scream this long, do I finally get what I want? And if they do, they're just going to scream forever. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I just want to shake every parent that I see, like, giving in to, you know, big tantrums or fits. Like, I don't know. Once a child's having a tantrum, it's cool. Let them feel them their feelings. Get it out of their system. You're not going to have a rational back and forth with a screaming toddler. But do not give them whatever they they are screaming for. Because that's just teaching them, if I scream, if I throw this big fit, I will always get what I want from that. And then they're just going to do it forever because it works. And you taught them that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're an animal. (laughs) We are all animals. Yeah, of the animal kingdom. Of the animal kingdom. And And they don't don't have the... Yeah, we're conditionable. They don't have the brain power as a full-grown adult yet. Yeah. So they're working at the level of, you know, like (laughs) an animal. And if you want to train them to do or not do things, you know, they have that feedback. And that feedback teaches them, like, oh, yes, this is how I get what I want. Yeah. For dogs, you know, give them a treat enough times after good behavior and they'll be like ah treat means this Mm -hmm. and with a kid scream means this so you just have to treat it like you're training an animal for the first (laughs) couple of years along with all the other stuff that goes along with raising a kid but you gotta remember that there's all the good nurturing and all that stuff but at the base level you're training them yeah and you're trying to to behave put a good human being into the world like ultimately that should be the goal mm-hmm. and you know productive smart happy satisfied whatever those are all important but i feel like your primary directive as a parent is to like raise someone that won't go kill people mm-hmm. like, and in order to do that they have to feel some level of shame or some level of care for others yeah And that's, like, the empathy is, like, number one thing. Yeah. And that takes years. It does. To develop. And if your kid is a baby psychopath right now, like, it's 
normal-ish. Yeah, they will probably grow out of it. Yeah, but it you just is... gotta teach them to. You gotta yeah. back and forth lesson about it yeah. a lot. Well, I am all about the character lessons. Yes. <laughs> oh. And so, I don't know, we're saying it's a choice, like life choices, but it is also almost entirely the parents. Yeah. And how the kid is reacting to what the parents are doing, parents reacting to the kid, as to how these kids will ultimately decide their best avenue of behavior. Because, you know, if a parent's just going to fold and let them do what they want, then why, like, there's no choice. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do what I want if I can. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, kids mm. need structure. Give yeah. them structure. Yeah. It's not really a choice if, you know, depending on how the parents are reacting to it. Oh, <sighs> what happens after that once a kid decides to be ultimately good or ultimately bad because there's no in between? <laughs> well, and I also think people go back and forth. Yeah. Because you have, you know, you get into school and you have your friend groups, but if friend groups change, your behaviors and standards of good and bad can also change. Mm-hmm. Because leads- young people are very influenced by their peers. Yes. You know, the people you spend your time with mold you. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with parents and then friends and teachers and the whole school system. Yep. So I guess friendship choice would be your next avenue. So who you hang out with, although you don't necessarily have that much of a choice in that either. I know my, whoever you're around the most. Yeah, my dad was really obsessed with trying to get me friends as a kid, probably after you changed school. <laughs> so, like, he ended up giving me playdates with, like, neighborhood kids and, like, trying to get me to be friends with them. So I did not have much say in that. Not that I, you know, was against it or anything, but... Secretly happy you didn't super hit it off with any of those neighborhood kids. <laughs> yeah, they were real weird. Like, there was some weird stuff going down with those neighborhood kids. Uh. But, yeah, so we're saying, like, you know, who you choose to spend your time with. But again, as a little kid, you might not have that much choice. What yeah. table you are sat at in the classroom is not your choice. And what classroom you're in, not your choice. And if your parents want you to be friends with their friends' kids, then that's not much of a choice. True. But you do choose who you play with at recess. Mm-hmm. Generally, how you, who you sit with at lunch. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff. And definitely as you get older, like I would say junior high, early high school, there are very definite cliques and groups. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I think you sort of choose your friend group, but it's also which friend group accepts you. Mm-hmm. Because you tried to join some few other friend groups in high school and it just didn't work out, right? I mean, I was basically with the same friend group from junior high to high school. Or, like, the smart but not popular kids that we sort of became, like, the emo, edgier, punk kids. But, ah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't feel like I tried for many other friend groups like I guess in high school I was also with some theater nerds and some band nerds but I feel like my primary group was the emo kids Mm. and they also happened to be the smart but not like the super smart and not fitting any of the other characteristics 
generally smart, but not like try hard smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't say it was like a bad group, like people weren't getting in fights or getting suspended and stuff, but you know, some people participated in drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My friend group was, because it was the same 20 to 30 people in all of my classes. Mm-hmm. Like, almost. <laughs> so, I don't know. We were all the... I guess we were the smart kids, and that was our only real defining feature. But I feel like we had a few people who had different characteristics. Like, a few of us were in band, and a few of us were in theater, and a few of us weren't in anything. Well, and not everyone, like, dressed the same, right? No. Yeah, there was a wide range of how people dressed. Yeah. So I guess we were really just, like, the smart kids first, and then all the other things were more secondary. Yeah. I think my school was more clicky than yours. (laughs) I think your school was more clicky. I feel like... Like, there were very defined groups. There were people that, like, intermingled between groups. It wasn't so exclusive, but there were definitely groups. I feel like our main groups were, like... My group was the only one I was aware of. And then the Yu-Gi-Oh group (laughs) was the other, like, noticeable group. I don't feel like it was divided any other way. Hmm. So, really, it was just everybody and then the Yu-Gi-Oh group (laughs) were the only ones that you could really set apart when you looked. Was there, like, a group of burnouts or kids that didn't care about school? The Yu-Gi-Oh kids. (laughs) They didn't care about school? Just Yu-Gi-Oh? I don't know. I feel like the Yu-Gi-Oh kids were, like, pretty diverse within their their thing. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like my school was so small, I feel like you knew people by, like, by themselves. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. No, it didn't seem super clicky to me. Of course, 10-year reunion's coming up, so I'll have to ask oh, and God. be like, do you guys remember being clicky? Because I don't really remember it being clicky. I just remember the people in my classes and... Who, who knew about anybody else? <laughs> oh. But that is a decision, you're right, to be made is like... Which group are you with? Yeah, which group are you with or which friends are you with? I guess, yeah, starting more in middle and high school whenever yeah. you get more freedom with who you're around. I don't know. In middle school, I definitely... I remember, like, stressing, like, should I be an emo kid? Can't, are, will they let me be an emo <laughs> kid? I bought some trip pants and they accepted you with open arms i mean basically <laughs> see i didn't have a choice in that because you became an emo kid and by extension i was as well yeah when we were not at the same school yeah yeah which were is there, impressive were there any other emo kids at your school yeah you there there were with? but i feel like again they were not like all the emo kids hang together because like me and a few were in the smart kid group and then a few of the other emo people were spread out amongst other groups. Were there emo kids in the Yu-Gi-Oh group? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, there were. <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know, the groups were diverse. Maybe each group had one of everything. Like, maybe maybe the tables were divided so you had, like, like the smart kid, the emo... Yeah. Breakfast club? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's more what it was like. <laughs> a diverse friend group? Because, yeah, in our group we had, like... A few of the emo edgy kids, and then a few of the really Christian kids, and then a few of the kids who were, like, at the bottom of the smart people group, but didn't want to be, like, with the normies group. So, (laughs) I I don't know. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Maybe we were cliquish, but 
each click had one of everybody. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Katie. Yes. Have you always been good? Do you always make what you feel is the morally good right choice? Almost. Yes. Almost entirely. I don't, I like, I guess it started with the fear of punishment and then mm-hmm. moved on to wanting to be liked and praised. And like we talked about in one of the other podcasts, my desire to be better than others is a main driving factor to my, yes. like, you can't be an overachiever and also be breaking the rules. Yeah, I guess not. Because, I don't know, like, I may have done things that certain groups would be like, oh, no, that's bad. Oh, no, that's wrong. But in my, like, my moral compass that I have set for myself, I generally stick to it. There's been, like, one or two times where I did something where I was like, that's wrong. We went streaking. I want to say that's, like, the wildest thing I know you two have done in high school. No, there were wilder things I did in high school, but that, to me, in my moral compass, that's not wrong. Yeah. So? (laughs) But it's against the rules. Is it? If we had gotten caught, we would have been in some kind of trouble or predicament. Caught by who? Your dad? Yeah. That We wouldn't have gotten in trouble for that, would we? It would have been embarrassing. I guess that would have been all the trouble. Yeah. All the consequence <laughs> yeah, that I'm was like, needed. Being embarrassed is not that bad of a consequence. But yeah, I can't imagine my dad like <laughs> being like, now you know you shouldn't run around naked on the property. <laughs> no. That's why the not, conversation why not? we had when I was like three. Oh. <laughs> Uh, See, that seems like... I think he would have given us a, like, you could get bit by snakes. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where that... Or bad poison ivy. <laughs> yeah, that's where that would have gone, would have been like, you could trip. You could get bit. <laughs> there could be a bobcat. You didn't bring the mace. <laughs> the bear mace. Yes. So, yeah, that didn't strike me as bad or wrong. Like, it's like, ooh, you could get caught, but there would be no real consequences. So I, yeah. I didn't do much... Where, I don't know. I don't know, because I feel like that's on the scale for me of, like... Because I've always considered myself, like, a morally good person and that I don't want to hurt others. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I have had less regard for specific rules. And, I don't know, I feel like part of that's, like, a kind of rebellious, thrill-seeking thing which I feel like streaking falls under the category of, like, it's against the rules and it's a thrill and I'm going to do it. So, ah. I feel like you did far more rebellious things than well, yeah. did. <laughs> I was like, that's, I guess that's the most, one of the more rebellious things I did. Mm-hmm. One of the least rebellious things. <laughs> yeah. One of the more rebellious things I did, one of the least rebellious things you did. This is a way in which we're different. Yeah. This is one of the, one of the few ways, because I'm just... I don't want to say I'm a boring person, but I just, I don't desire to do a whole lot of things that are, I don't know. You don't like to party. Yeah, I don't like to party. That's not exciting for me. And I guess that takes out a whole slew of, like, rebellious acts. Mm -hmm. Would be partying and drinking and this and that. And I'm just like, eh, it's just never appealed to me. Yeah. No, I get the appeal. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Is that a choice? I think For me, so. because if I don't like it, then why would I ever choose it? It's not a choice. It's a choice if you don't want to do it, but you do want to do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think there's, like... It could have been a choice I made a long time ago, and it's just concrete in my character now. I don't yeah. Know. I think there was a choice of, like, 
the first time you have a wine cooler, it doesn't taste good. But if you drink enough of them, then you'll be drunk. I don't know. There's something to like... Forcing yourself to be drunk the first time? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say I definitely had to force myself to become a drinker. Mm-hmm. That's one of the like changes I had was yeah. going from I'm never going to drink to I have to drink or I'm going to be a social outcast. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a choice. <laughs> and I don't regret it. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was a moral shift for me. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like I didn't think drinking was inherently wrong. Yeah, I just you just didn't weren't inclined to... Yeah, to want it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I think people drink and use drugs to escape whatever parts of their current reality they don't like. Mm-hmm. Or to fit in, or to, you know, other reasons. But I feel like that's the main one of, like, do you want to alter your perceptions? Then you're more inclined to do this thing. Mm-hmm. No, that was always my argument against it was, like, I'm good with how I feel and who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. It does not need to be enhanced for me. (laughs) Is it right? Is it wrong? All these decisions we've made. Hundreds and thousands and millions of decisions. And you can go along and make a whole slew of bad decisions and then just start making right decisions. Mm -hmm. So it's very... It's very subjective, but you can control what your life looks like through the decisions you make. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not... Not everything can be a choice, but not everything is out of your control. Mm-hmm. In the end. Sort of nature yeah. versus nurture, yada yada stuff, because... I mean, things will happen, yeah. like, out of your control, but... But how do you react to these things? Yes. What do you do with these inputs... Yeah. Hmm. This is going to be a short episode. Were there any other big life-altering decisions that we had to make in our youths? Sort of, I guess we could also say, like, how hard we worked in school. Yeah. Because that's, that goes into how good or bad you are, but also... It's how much are you developing that facet of yourself. Yeah. How much do you care about arbitrary <laughs> sort of yeah. feedback well, that may or may not have that much yeah. you know impact on your life. Same sort of thing of how much do you buy into the grading system? Is this going to matter to you? Mm-hmm. Or is or it not? not? And it also, if it matters to your parents or not. Yeah. Uh, my parents were not that grade heavy. Mm. I Maybe they were. I don't know. Because I never gave them cause to be worried about it. But the one or two times whenever, like, I got a C or something like my grades were a B instead of an A, they did take notice and talk to me about it. So maybe they were really on top of grades and they just didn't I don't know. I think that might have been more of, like, an indicator for them of, like, is Katie okay? (laughs) Because she's not achieving the hell out of this, which is her norm. That could also be a reason. Yeah. I don't know, grades were kind of a big deal in my home, but it was like, I got I got money for getting A's on report cards. See, I got, I got ripped off. <laughs> I got money for Christmas and money for my birthday and money for teeth that fell out. 
Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> oh. Uh, cash rewards. But then I remember being, like, so upset and offended, like, the few times I got, like, a B or, God forbid, a C, and my dad would be like, what is this? I know you can do better on this. And i just get so incensed and defensive of, like, well, you don't know what that class is like, and blah, 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 like... I don't know. I did not take the criticism well if he ever did say anything. I think I think I had some I don't remember who my mom or my dad I got a C on like one assignment one time Mm -hmm. and they were like what is this and I was like I'm the only one in the class who passed and that shut them up and that was the end of the conversation. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I had I was ready. (laughs) If I ever got a bad grade I'd be like well I know what the fuck this is. Yeah I'd be like (laughs) No, I'm upset, too. Like, I'd be like, this is, you know, this is an egregious sort of mistake because, like... Yeah, if you want to email the teacher about a curve, because I think everyone needs a curve. Yeah, see, so I'd be, like, just as angry. I'd be more upset about my grade than my parents would ever be. Ah, And I feel like they knew that and they could sense that. And talking to them about it, they'd be like, oh, okay. They were very hands-off with me. I'd say at middle school, they let me make a lot of my own academic decisions. Mm -hmm. They let me choose my middle school because I did not go to the one, you know, in my, like, district district area. Yeah. I chose to go to a different one, and they were like, oh, okay. So they were pretty, like, I guess, hands-off with the choices I made academically. Hmm. Yeah, I guess my parents were relatively hands-off, but then my dad was a teacher, so I feel like he wanted to be, like engaged or like knowing what I was learning mm-hmm. but eh. Eh. so when did you did you always care about grades or did it like slip or I uh, hmm it's hard to say I think I always cared about grades but then when I switched schools and I went from really cool Montessori system to like super rigid, traditional, you're going to have homework every night system. Mm-hmm. And I was so not good with homework. So that's when I like first got like less good grades. And I didn't like that. So I think I worked and like, you know, still wanted to have A's in all those classes. But about junior high, I started being like, well, this project is bullshit and I'm going to phone it in on this. <laughs> or, like, I started caring less. And then by high school, I think I was more, like, picking and choosing. I always passed my classes. Like, I never wanted to fail and I always wanted to do well on tests. But when you have eight classes and six of them feel like you should have homework every night, mm-hmm. you might blow off a few things. <laughs> Because it was never, like, super deep, interesting stuff. So much of it was just busy work Mm -hmm. that I was not inclined to do all of it. I really can't remember. Like, I know I must have had math homework and I must have had English homework. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember having, like, homework every night for every class. Yeah. I... That's probably an exaggeration. I didn't have homework every night for every class. But I felt like a lot of teachers in that school specifically assigned homework because they thought they needed to. Mm-hmm. Not that it would do anything or yeah. help in any way. Just like, well, uh, here's your assignment. Write these vocab words. Yeah. So. Ah. No, I never had that feeling. I would freak out if I ever didn't do an assignment. I honestly don't think I missed a homework assignment 
ever. Including college? No, in college, I had to skip class (laughs) every semester. But in high school, you know, you're in direct contact with the teacher every day. They know your name and they talk to you and whatever. So So you never wanted to not have the thing to hand in to them? Yeah, because they would know me and be like, um, where's your work? This is AP. Like, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, I was always in the advanced classes, so it would be uh, like I would stand out. Yeah. But by college, you can do the math of like, well, I only need to show up to this class for this final and this yeah. prep thing. No, that's never what I did. I, my college education was very like planned out. I went on ratemyprofessor.com <laughs> and I found which professor was the easiest, which one gave the least amount of daily work, and which one had like, you know, the tests that I could pass. So I planned out very carefully how to pick the easiest professors in which I could, you know, just kind of glide through. That's smart. Yeah. Because you can't do that in high school, but whenever you are paying for your education, you get to choose. And (laughs) I did. And so I had a skip class. And I missed a fair amount of assignments. I didn't also because I didn't want to buy textbooks. So I bought or rented, you know, rented textbooks my first year. And after that, I never rented another textbook. I would just borrow. Never? Well, like from the library or borrow? From my what? friends. <laughs> oh. My friends in class or, yeah, some, I would think like once from the library or I would find it online. Because mm-hmm. that's a, an ultra ripoff. It is such a yeah. money cash grab. Yeah. 150 so I, bucks for a paperback textbook (laughs) yeah so i like had to get the math book with the little online cd or whatever and after that i was like never again (laughs) (laughs) so no in school in high school i did every assignment to the best of my ability or with the least amount of effort with the highest grade i knew i could get Mm -hmm. but i i never missed school and i did every assignment and I was all over my GPA and my rank. I was one of those kids. We, mm. senior year, we were checking our rank like once a month. Me and all my friends. It was stupid. Yeah. We were those kids. I think I checked a few times, but I was always like, of like among the higher ranked kids, I was like somewhere in the middle and I was like, that's cool. Like, yeah. My school was small enough though that like, our top 10%, like, all of my friends were top 10% or top 20% mm-hmm. because we were the smart group, the AP group, the honors, whatever group. So we were all hashing it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, that was also due in part to how small our school was. Yeah. So, you know, I am not, we weren't competing against as many people. See, I feel like my school was pretty small, but it was also, it was like a relatively small group of kids that really cared. And then I guess kids that like medium cared Mm -hmm. and then kids that were doing God knows what. Our school was a fancy school. So I Mm -hmm. would say like people chose to go there. Yeah. It was more academically inclined. Academic based school. So yeah, people were trying. Not all of them, but, you know, a fair amount. Uh, uh, well, well, 
those are the choices one makes early in life. The choices of how to react to authority figures, how to take punishment, how to take reward and praise. Yeah. To what level are you applying yourself? Mm -hmm. How you internalize all that feedback and, like, how you let it alter your behavior or not. Mm -hmm. Deciding if you care what others think about you, specifically your parents or your teachers or your friends, which we all do. It's a lie if you say you don't care what people think, especially as a child. Yep. And then moving on to how you interact with those people. Do you do what they want you to do? Do you do what you want to do? Do you care if you're getting positive or negative attention? Mm-hmm. And then to the extent you're able to, what people do you choose to spend time with? What friends do you choose? Do you, do you choose, have a group? Do you have a group or a persona or a characteristic that you're going to cling to really hard? Mm-hmm. Are you a band nerd or a theater nerd or an academic decathlon person? Or a Yu-Gi-Oh kid. A Yu-Gi-Oh kid. <laughs> Are you the kid who doesn't care about anything so you're not going to do anything? And how much choice do we have in all of these things? Is it, are we all a product of our environment? <gasps> yeah, please let us know if you thought you were a good kid or a bad kid or an in-between kid. Mm-hmm. And how you came to know that that's who you were or yeah. how you felt about others to and make you do that. What effect did it have on the adult you have become? Mm-hmm. Did you <laughs> Did you make that switch in college to be like... Oh, I guess I have to do things now. <laughs> guess I don't want to go to prison. Yeah. Guess I have to, like, not get in fights all the time or not be on drugs all the time or... Yeah. Well, let us know that stuff mm-hmm. at gstbfbf at gmail.com or on Instagram at gstbfpod. Awesome. Well, this was our first specific topic of the game of life. But real life. But real life. Under our general topic of... Oh, wait. That is the general topic. Yeah, that's the general topic. The specific topic was in the youth, early, adolescent sort of choices we have to make. Good versus evil. Good versus evil. Suck up versus burnout. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's your first choice when you're on the game, like, the game board of life. It says career or college. Career or college. Yeah, career or college. You make that choice. Before yeah, they, you start they the jump game. right to it they in the jump. game of life. Yeah, they they gotta yeah. they gotta make that less than an hour. Yes. Anywho. Well. Well, this has been generally specific talks between friends. Best friends. Mm.